Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Don't miss Scott's Days at your local Ace, our biggest lawn and garden sale of the spring. Right now, buy any bag of Scott's fertilizer and get a free $5 reward. Come back and use it anywhere in the store to make your home or yard look great. Hurry in for great deals throughout the store during Scott's Days. Now through Monday, only at Ace. Limit one bonus reward per Ace Rewards account at participating stores through April 16th. $5 reward delivered by mail. Blog Talk Radio. Here, off-topic returns, uh, different feel, different little, I guess, uh, game plan on how we're doing stuff. My name is Randy Zelia, co-host this week, uh, my good buddy Bill Kegel from BackSportsPage.com. Uh, Bill, how you doing today, buddy? Good, man. Just taking in the last day of the NBA season, watching some, uh, watching some Sixers on the TV, following the Timberwolves Nuggets game, and, uh, and ready to talk some football. I'm, uh... Watching the NBA, wishing I was watching football. I love the NBA, but I'm in love with the NFL. So, uh, real excited to talk about uh, the Giants and real excited to talk about the NFL. Is it me, or have we come to a point now where the NFL doesn't really have an offseason? Like, once the Super Bowl ends, we start gearing up about talking about uh, free agency. And we start dissecting what the cuts that are going to be made. Because I think, what is it, the – the NFL season officially ends like the day after the Super Bowl as far as contracts or there's like a certain, there's a certain cutoff date. It might be like February or March. I forgot exactly when the exact yeah. date was, you know, I think we get to that point where March is the new league year. Yeah. The new league year. There it is. And, um, you know, this show today is basically based on the New York football giants. Uh, we have Jordan Renan from uh, ESPN.com who's going to join us who covers the giants full time. We're going to discuss some of the off season moves, that were made. We have uh, Brandon London, who's involved with the Giants uh, on game te- game day activities. Uh, he's a former player, so he's going to talk about the the process of the off season, as well as Emory Hunt from Football Game Plan, who will talk more of the draft with him. Uh, before we really get started with all of them, Bill, this was a lot of different things that went on. A lot of people were a little up in arms about some of the free agent moves, as guys who they didn't keep and guys that they brought in. But when you're 3-13 and you had the type of season you had last year, you don't want to bring a lot of those pieces back. 
No, it's a three and thirteen team. Of course, it's a, three, a bunch of three and thirteen players that uh, the Giants got rid of. Obviously, they they just gutted the coaching. They just gutted the coaching staff. I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, it was a bad coaching staff. You know, it just wasn't a good fit with the Giants. I then I think I think that when you bring a new coach in, I think the most important thing to do is build the team best suited to that coach's strengths, right? And Shermer's an offensive guy, even more than McAdoo, but Shermer seems to have a little bit more of an air of a head coach thing to him, whereas McAdoo is just a career coordinator. And, uh, you know, a guy probably deserved a shot. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think you let those guys go. And I think you let a lot of the guys that are going to be expensive go, considering the fact that you have a megastar that's, that's clamoring for a new deal. You have a veteran quarterback that makes a lot of money. You have a lot of high-priced defensive players. Um, that that still need to get paid, even though you ship one out of town. Big, big, big dead money with him. That the Giants uh, didn't really clear much cap space this year, but going forward, it's going to be it's it's going to be a nice cap relief, letting or uh, trading Jason Pierre-Paul away, that type of stuff. So um, so yeah, I mean I I, I you know I, I know a lot of the Giants fans didn't agree with that move, but I, so far I've liked I've liked a lot of what they've done. And I think you had to make a lot of those moves for the simple fact of. You're in a situation now, too. Like you said, they signed a lot of these guys on the defensive side of the ball, and you had a lot of money there between Janoris Jenkins, JPP, Olivia Vernon. Uh, you can go down the list, uh, you know, Snacks, Snacks Harrison. You have to make your choice. You have to pick your poison on where you're going to go with this. And if you look, right. the money that they were spending on the defense was not even being equal to what was being spent on the offensive side of the ball. No. Which is kind of amazing. <laughs> considering else to say about that, but just no. No, no, no. It's kind of amazing considering how much the um, uh, how much better the defense is than the offense. Even over even even 2016 when they were 11 and five. I mean, that was a team that won a lot of games by less than four, and a lot of a lot of games in which the Giants, I don't think, scored you know more than 23 points. You know, I think they I think they had one game in the McAdoo era over 30 points, and you know it's. It's, it's just one of those things, man, where it's like you're spending a lot of money and not getting a lot out of it, and that's why you're 3-13, and, and, you know, it's sort of a recipe for disaster. And and I, I know a lot of people aren't saying it, but the Giants are in, in rebuild mode, and rightfully so. Well, maybe Jordan Renan from ESPN will be able to clarify whether they're in rebuild mode or if they're in reloading mode. Let's bring in our good friend, Jordan Renan. Jordan, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks. We appreciate appreciate you giving us a few minutes. Randy Zellia, Bill Kegel here on Off Topic. Uh, Jordan, I guess the best place to start with this is a lot of Giants fans were up in arms with some of the moves that they've made. Can you really afford to leave a lot of the players that you had from last season there after finishing 3-13? and 13? Well, they needed to make changes. They needed to overhaul the roster. Uh, I think if you have a complaint of what they did, it's how they overhauled the roster. I mean, uh, they have, I think, Nate Solder's birthday is tomorrow, maybe. So he turns 30. They have nine guys on the roster that are 30 or older now. I mean, four of them were signed this offseason. Uh, that's not your typical rebuild or even reload, you know, uh, philosophy. Uh, it, it's, it's an interesting way to go about business right now for the Giants. Jonathan Stewart, 31-year-old running back. Uh, Nate Solder, granted, they need desperately needed a left tackle, so... You know, if you're, I, you can't complain that they're changed the roster up. The team needs to be changed. I mean, 
I know they went 11 and five two years ago, two seasons ago, but at the same time, I mean, you're talking about a team that's had a missed the playoffs now what uh, since since they won the Super Bowl in the 11th season, uh, five of the past six seasons. They've had a losing record three of the last four years. They haven't been very good. And I think that the 11-5 and five was more the anomaly than the the losing season. I mean, 3-13 and 13 was the, was the, as bad as it could get, but they're probably somewhere in between. So I don't think they're that close, and you need to make changes. So new regime, bringing in guys for the new coach, the new uh, offense and defense that they're going to run. So I, I, you had to overhaul the roster. You know, Jordan, the other question I have, too, is the the hard part for me is understanding the Odell Beckham Jr. controversy on whether he's going to be traded or whether he's not. I don't see why this is even much of a conversation because there's a lot of teams, including the Giants, that are not anxious to give him a contract, especially someone who's coming off uh, a surgery on his on his foot. This is This is not something that – it's not a normal situation. I know uh, what he brings to the table. Everybody knows what he brings to the table. But – at this point, wouldn't you want to just to see what you're getting at this point from from Odell Beckham Jr. before you either a consider trading him or b or uh, extending his contract? Yeah, I think that's part of the equation. Sure, I, I don't think it's anything that anybody's overly concerned about at this point. Uh, the actual injury, uh, I would think you want to see him come back, and any team that traded for him, if that were ever to happen, would want to. Uh, check him out and have a physical beforehand, make sure everything healed up and he's you know, 100% and that it's trending in the right direction. Uh, but, you know, the Giants, they opened the door for this. They they wanted people to submit those offers. So, yeah, look, I know people are like, well, every, isn't everybody on the trade potentially could be traded for the right amount? But, look, you know, if the Pittsburgh Steelers are asked if Antonio Brown's available via trade, they're not going to say, well, everyone's available for trade. They're going to say, no, we're not. Look, we're not going to trade him. We're, we're, we're not, we don't want to. We don't want to trade. He's going to be on our team. And the Giants didn't say that. They opened it up. They wanted. They wanted. To, they wanted other teams to sort of come to them and submit offers and at least see what they were, and they were, they were going to move from there. But they they weren't motivated to get rid of him. But at the same time, they weren't against hearing these offers, regardless of the situation with his ankle, because that's not, I don't think that's the concern right now. The concern is, do they want to invest in him long-term? Do they trust him enough? I think that's what it is. Do they trust him enough to do the right things and stay out of trouble and not find himself in these negative headlines that while he's not a criminal, he's not a bad guy, but it's not good for business and it's just not good for everyone involved. It creates, Drama, unnecessary drama that teams just don't want. Do you think that the Giants, um, or a lot of teams, I guess, in the NFL, do they do they think that the value of a receiver isn't quite as high as um, as as almost any other position on the field? I mean, do they think they can get you know eighty percent of Odell Beckham uh, for fifty percent of the money? of uh, what's already on their team. And I mean, at least just this year, if they were to trade them, um, just to get the $8 million off the books. I mean, is that, is that something they think? Is that, is that a way that they think, or are they, are they just, I guess, as of right now, comfortable with keeping them on the roster? Uh, you know, and, you know, sort of what you said. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody cares about the $8.5 million. That's not an exorbitant amount. I think what they're concerned about is investing $60 million guaranteed or 65 or 70 or whatever the number is ultimately going to be in order to keep him. So I think that's what it's more about. Do you trust him enough to invest that money in him? Teams don't care, look. Especially if you have a young quarterback, uh, you know, in the salary cap, you have to remember it keeps going up every year. So everyone talk about all these numbers and all oh, these, you know, these guys are making outrageous numbers. It's really the same thing that it was five years ago, but it's going up with the cap each year, eight percent, you know, whatever, whatever it is, seven to eight percent. It's kind of what it's been going up. So, you know, that $8.5 million once, of a, once upon a time for a wide receiver was $3.5 million, and nobody, you know, you don't, you don't really blink an eye. So I don't think the money part of it is that. Do, do I think teams are hesitant to want to invest $100 million in a receiver and to build your team that way? Yes, I do. So I think the general public probably has a higher value for what Odell Beckham is than uh, NFL teams, especially on the trade market. We're talking with Jordan Renan here of ESPN here on Off Topic. Uh, Jordan, a story, I guess, that just broke a little while ago is that Landon Collins is going to need another surgery on his broken arm. What's the update right Mm -hmm. now as far as Landon Collins is concerned? Uh, It seems like uh, things were looking up for him after the uh, season-ending injury last year. Of course, there was the controversy with Eli Apple. What's now, what's going to be happening with Landon Collins? Because he, too, is going into a contract here. Yeah, I mean, you know, Landon Collins, he's going to probably have to play play out this year. I mean, I think that was always the case. I don't think the Giants were rushing to re-sign Landon Collins at this point, maybe at some point during the season if he was having another good year, which probably, you know, I mean, he's a solid player. He was an all-pro two years ago. He's a good player. I would be surprised if he didn't. Uh, the, the arm is hopefully something they can figure out. It wasn't something that he noticed. Uh, he was feeling fine. But when they went, I guess, and, and went – looked at the x-rays and looked at the pictures of what was going on inside his arm. They said, Hey, you know, this might not be good. Hey, look, these guys have to sit out there and sustain endless collisions, right? Uh, on a football field. So it's not like me and you, if uh, our arm, you know, it might not be ideal. It didn't heal perfectly, but these guys have to, he's, that, that arm is going to get banged. So he's got to make sure everything is perfectly right. And uh, this will just, if the Giants were considering looking to resign him soon, this will just push that back a little bit even further right now. But I don't think they're in a rush to do that. They'll always have the franchise tag next year. I think their priority right now is going to be Odell. He's the one that would create the most problems. He's the one with the most at risk. And he's the one coming off injury after, you know, he was willing to – he went out there last year for $1.5 million, and he saw his, you know, his career flash in front of his eyes. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to want to do that again. Yeah, definitely uh, not. Uh, go ahead, Bill. Oh, sorry. Randy mentioned Eli Apple. What's his status right now with the team? Yeah, he's he's pretty much there. You know, they they don't have much at cornerback, so it sure looks like they're they're going forward with Eli Apple, and he's going to be a starting cornerback. And they're betting that everything's going to self-correct itself, and there's going to be more veteran guys around him to kind of make sure that everything is in line with what they want and. Uh, see that he's willing to buy into the new regime of sorts. And uh, Eli Apple is going to be there probably starting opposite Janoris Jenkins week one. I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case at this point. 
Uh, Jordan, real quick, I, I have one question about uh, – well, my last question about the Giants, and I have a couple other questions for you about the media industry. Uh, my last question is obviously the quarterback situation with Eli Manning and Davis Webb. Uh, after last season's craziness that happened with this, what has been the attitude of Eli Manning that you've seen so far during the off season, and also the progress of Davis Webb? I mean, Eli Manning is always his normal – Mellow, all shucks Eli self. I mean, he just handles it. He knows what he's doing. He handles his business. He's a professional. Everybody knows that at this point. So these kind of things I don't think really affect Eli too much. Uh, you know, he, they, they told him a while ago he was going to be back, and they were committing to him. So he's just going about his business as usual. And, uh, you know, I don't think anything's going to change on that. Davis Webb, he's, you know, right by Eli's side. They're hanging out every day at the facility, even in the off season. And he's just trying to shadow him and doing everything he can to put himself in position to be successful. Now, nobody knows how that's going to turn out. I don't think anybody can realistically say how it's going to turn out because you've never seen him on the field in a real NFL game. So uh, you cross your fingers, I guess, if you're the Giants and, and hope it works out. <laughs> um, Jordan, uh, you started off, you know, with the Giants as far as uh, covering the Giants, handling uh, you know, handling the newspaper side of it, and then you moved over to ESPN. Can you talk about the mm-hmm. changes that you've seen uh, making that crossover, not just from going from newspaper to ESPN, but just in general the industry on how covering sports has changed from when you started to now? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that old, but huh. Every, everybody <laughs> – there was a point – there was a point where even when I just started where, you know, you were still just trying to get all the pertinent information of what happened in, and now you're, you're more reactionary, right? It's more, what does it mean? Okay. You know, so you kind of have to turn it forward and bring everything, look at it as look forward thinking. And at the sort of the next phase of the story, Uh, you know, everybody finds out real quick that, uh, you know, Odell Beckham broke his leg, right? So instead of just getting all the details of how he broke his leg, okay, what does it mean? You know, what's next? How long is he going to be out? When surgery? Like you're looking more forward thinking, and you know, the, the speed of everything is just quicker. Social media has changed everything. Some people think they're social media reporters, uh, and you know, which, which to me is it seems like a, a sort of flawed philosophy, like. Uh, you know, why you're rushing your story up on social media before your your company is able to do anything with it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so, yeah, these are the kind of things you got to keep into account every time you're, you're looking, you're, you're, you have a story and you're looking to put it out, uh, you know, and you're trying to find the balance between, okay, how do, what's the best way for me to get it out quickly, but make sure I do it the right way. And how do I do that? And then with social media and how do I do that with, for me, it's ESPN's website. Uh, you know, we're not getting in touch with, we're coordinating with our news desk, but, you know, you don't want to get beat, but at the same time, you also, you know, you don't just want to give it away. So uh, it's a very fine line to balance, and uh, that that's kind of where we're walking these days. Jordan, do you think that, like, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. So do you think that opinion media personality now I don't know if it's more important but is is I guess more effective to getting the getting your to getting information across as opposed to 
I don't want to say factual, but I guess for lack of a better way to ask it, is 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 having an opinion more important than having facts in, in media today? Well, that's just you as the consumer. What do you want? You know, if you're the consumer I, and, yeah. and more you you want to listen and you want to listen to uh, you know Stephen A. A pine on mm-hmm. something, you could listen to Stephen A. Uh, you know, a pine on the NFL, right? Now, granted, he you know he will bring you information on basketball. Uh, more right. more than most people, but you know it's the same thing. You know all these all these talk shows of, of guys going and and yelling uh, and giving their opinions. That's your choice of what to watch. I mean, it, it's up to the consumer to, to, and the the reader and the the fan to know who they want to trust and who that what they want to who they want to go for for what information. So you have a choice. I mean, that's the beauty of everything nowadays. You have a choice to get what you want. Nobody's forcing anything down your throat. You don't have to go listen to Skip Bayless if you don't want to listen to Skip Bayless, right? I mean, you could you could follow whoever you want on social media. You don't need to follow Skip Bayless or Stephen A. or people that you know who's or Max Kellerman, whose whose jobs are to give opinions, and that's what they're hired to do. So they're doing what their jobs are, simply, really. So, uh, has opinion. Like I said before, everybody already knows what happened, right? Uh, you, right. you don't need to wake up and you don't really need to wake up and watch Sports Center to see who won a game. You're gonna look. You're gonna see on your phone. You're gonna see the night before. You're gonna see on your computer. You, you you're you know you know who won already. So it's a, a matter of what do you want next? Do you want to hear people opine on what happened or people sort of give you reports and and, and information on what's next? I mean, it, it's your choice as the consumer of where to go. So. I don't think there's anything wrong with people screaming and yelling and uh, being on these opinion shows. And but if you don't like it, then you know don't watch those. Look, go get your information elsewhere. And but uh, you know what it shows is that the people who get the most attention and the people pay most atten- pay, pay the most attention to are the people who yell and, and give their opinions. So the, the, I guess that's I guess that's what people want. And and also on on that note too though on the on the previous question too with uh, social media now I've noticed during NFL free agency as well as uh, the NBA trade deadline the news breaks on Twitter before it breaks anywhere else and that's just the way it seems now and and, and I guess that's not a bad thing because it makes Twitter very very viable but years ago it just didn't work that way. You waited for to get the re- report from ESPN or different news outlets, and now everything is just like I said, right through Twitter. You don't get it through Facebook. Facebook will react from Twitter. Uh, you break. I saw yeah. you break break news on, on Twitter also. Is it me though? Like it's almost now almost like waiting for the next thing after Twitter. <laughs> it's like I hate to say it like that. Yeah, but it's really I mean that that's what it is. I mean the 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 ironic part is Twitter is a small social media platform, right? It really isn't one of the major, it, it, the amount of people that read Twitter, our business reads Twitter, right? Uh, the general fan will use it as like a, a sports feed. But I mean, I, I, it's a small portion of the actual fans that, that are really looking on Twitter and really, you know, scouring every second of what's going on. Uh, so, I think I think it's overblown the whole Twitter thing and the importance of it. It's a good, easy, quick way to get things out. But uh, really, what kind of audience are you reaching? I don't think it's always the best way to go about it. To be quite honest with you. 
No, Brain, it I can't. Just, like, I can't. It does seem like. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say it does seem like sometimes when stuff comes out on Twitter, that it, it almost seems like breaking news, and and but then you also have to wait for the quote unquote reliable sources, the Jordan Renans of the world, like to actually confirm it before we we take it as gospel. And I I, I agree with what you were saying. I just I, I guess uh, more back to what my first, my original question was. I, I just I guess. It's. I, I think you're right as far as um, as far as uh, you know what's more important to whoever's watching. But I think I think ultimately I think the opinion shows get more views. But the the fact the fact based stuff should should still win out. But it doesn't seem like that's the case. Yeah, well, anyone could be a reporter. Anybody can be a person who breaks news nowadays. That's that's the thing. Everybody has a platform, right? So it really kind of muddies the field. And, you know, you don't always know who to go to when people see something. And, you know, it just pops up in front of their face. A lot of people are just inclined to believe it. So it's it's really a sticky situation. And that's why Twitter is almost like a cesspool for us as reporters and the fact that our messages and our stuff can just get lost in a, a sea of garbage that, that that's out there. Because there is a ton of garbage out there, uh, you know. I mean, the fake accounts, the people that are that are intentionally trying to fool people uh, on the news side. I mean, these these things are out there, and they're out there in full force. So it, it really muddies it, and it it, it it makes everybody look bad, and it it, it just it makes it it makes it tough, uh, and, and it makes it, the people really have to know who to trust and some people really just don't care they just they just want information they don't care who it comes from jordan renan from espn thank you so much tonight jordan for giving us a few minutes and uh you follow jordan on espn.com he is the uh, new york giants lead lead beat writer for espn and jordan we'll see you on thursday night at rampo college yeah sounds good look forward to it all right jordan thanks so much for giving us a few minutes tonight i really appreciate it anytime man have a good night. You got it. Thank you. All right, we go from Jordan Renan from ESPN to our other good buddy, former uh, New York Giant Brandon London. And uh, you know, one thing about Brandon is, and I, I love seeing Brandon at the games because Brandon and I will come up with 101 million ideas, and they're all good, and we're going to start implementing them soon. Brandon, what's going on, my friend? My guy, thanks for having me on, and I want to tell your viewers, first and foremost, it's hard to go after Jordan Renan, so uh, <laughs> if I seem a little boring, or if I'm not in touch, you know, with Giants football, the ins and outs, like he is, then I apologize, Jordan does a great job, you know, I'm just the guy that hangs with the fans and, and has fun. Well, and that's one of the reasons why we had we wanted to have you on tonight because again, this is this is all based on the Big Blue tonight, and and I and from that perspective that you have, it was a crazy off season so far. You, 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 JPP, one of the remaining members of that Super Bowl team that was still here, is now gone. You have guys like Weston Richburg and Justin Pugh are gone. You have a lot Dominic Rogers, Camardi gone. So you're now you're you're filling in big holes while trying to cut salary, bringing in Jonathan Stewart, who we, Bill and I haven't even started talking about yet for the fact that 
I don't know if Jonathan Stewart is the lead running back of this crew. From your perspective, you are a man of the people. You're out there every home game talking with the people. What do you make of the offseason so far? What I make of the offseason so far, it's exactly what Giants fans wanted, uh, Randy. Um, you know, I, I tailgate, I take over the Giants snap. Well, the fans may not know, but I take over the Giants Snapchat, you know, uh, tailgate, you know, for the tailgates at MetLife Stadium. I go around, I hang out with the fans. I do all this stuff with the fans in pregame. After I sign off and Madeline Burke takes over the, the Snapchat, uh, I hang out in the parking lot with the fans. I hang out, I drink, I eat, I eat great food, and I, just, I talk. I just, I, I just talk. Talk to the fans. And for a long time now, you know, um, for the last two years, they've wanted a lot of changes, man. And, you know, it's nothing against Jerry Reese, who I, I love Jerry Reese. He's the one who brought me in and gave me a chance. But a lot of the fans, you know, they, they've been there's, – there's been a lot of chatter about the Jerry Reese draft picks or the guys Jerry Reese brings in. So the fact that Dave Gettleman, you know, came in day one and switched some stuff up, made some changes, uh, did some things with the whole Bobby Hart thing uh, during the season – you know, it's exactly what Giants fans wanted. You know, he played to his audience. And although, you know, there's no discrediting Jerry Reese won two Super Bowls here and all, it was just I feel like Dave Gettleman did exactly what Giants fans wanted and, and needed to see to excite them in an off season by switching some things up, trading some guys. Like the the whole JPP, honestly, Randy, like, Fans have been talking about who's going to go first, JPP or OV. It was it's I sw- I promise you from week around like week nine on throughout the rest of the season, every home game I was tailgating, hanging out with fans. They would ask me who goes first, JPP or OVV, because both of those guys were huge cap hits. Both of those guys were making so much money, and your knowledgeable fans who love the game, who love Giants football, they understand the cap. They understand what the Giants are going to have to do to build O-line and, and bring bring free agents in. They they understand that. Those are the people I love talking to. Um, and that was just something that they, they, they talked about. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, Jonathan Stewart, he's old. He has nothing left. He's a... Jonathan Stewart can play. That guy can play. He has stuff left in the tank, and I don't think they're bringing him in to be the number one guy. I think there's going to be either running back by committee or they're going to draft Saquon or, or Darius Dice or, 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 or someone, or even Michael from, from Georgia. I like that kid too because he's like that scat bag type. They're going to do something, and I, I, I believe that Dave Gettleman, Pat Shermer, Mike Shula, they know what they're doing. And I believe that the Maras put all – and the Tishes have put all their trust in them, and they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing this offseason. You know, what's, Brandon, uh, I, what's, I, really, what's really – oh, go ahead, Bill. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, um, I would say outside of those questions, I, I guess what's the most important thing to the fans um, – Outside of the Odell Beckham JPP question, what was last year? What was, I guess, the the thing that you were asked the most that is, I guess, still relevant now? What are they going to do with the offensive line? 
what is Eric Flowers going to do? Are you going to cut Eric Flowers? Are you going to what are you going to do with Weston? Where's Jerry? What's Justin Pugh going to do? Are we are we going to bring some guy in? We need to go after this guy, that guy. I I swear, like you know, and I'm a receiver. I I, I love offensive linemen. I love my hogs. I love my big guys. And even while I was playing, like I related to them and hung out with them, but I never understood their world. They have an entirely different world when it comes to offensive linemen. But when the fans, they wanted to know what we were going to do about offensive linemen because this is New York Giant football. It's all about it, – it's our whole – the offense, the history of this offense is predicated off of run game. Should we run the ball? Are we going to have a 1,000-yard rusher? And, you know, you're watching the game and you're, you're, you're watching three, three yards a carry or two-point-something yards a carry. You're watching those games and fans are getting frustrated because – we didn't have many 100-yard games or 100-yard rushers. So the question about what are they going to do about the offensive lineman, here's a guy they can go get, here's a guy they can go trade for. The offensive line was the biggest question, and bringing in Nate was was, was, was a great thing. Um, but I think I feel as though with, with the first-round first pick or the second-round pick, they're going to draft an offensive lineman, a big-time or big-name offensive lineman, to bring him in and, and help out as well. You know, Brandon, the other thing that I find very, very interesting too was, and it shouldn't be surprised mostly because of the weather and the way things panned out again, three and 13 season. It felt like those last couple of home games, like obviously the Philadelphia game was big. Well, the showed that Eli can still, you know, hang tough and, and play that Washington game which was – it was very tough because there was – it felt like the fans – I don't want to say the fans gave up, but they didn't want to stick it out in the cold weather. The Giants now, you know, made some moves and are now looking to, to regain the trust of their fans. How how difficult is that after a 3-13 and season? Oh, man. Um, there's there's pressure. There's pressure on the preseason. You know, like, is it like what, what did uh, what did Rex Ryan say? He said, oh, we won the offseason. There's, there's pressure to win the preseason. There's pressure to win early. Just because you, Randy, I, I talked to you in the press box. We, talk, we heard the booze. We, 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 we heard the noise. We heard other grumblings from uh, Giants beat writers and other people, you know, what people thought about, you know, where the, where the organization was going and, 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 and had it. You know, I don't want to necessarily say there's like do or die pressure on Dave Gettleman and, and, and Coach Shermer, but I, I think in, in order to create that buzz to keep the fans around and keep them, keep people excited early and have MetLife packed early, you're gonna to have to win some games early. You're gonna to have to win some, be really impressive during the preseason. You know that's that's just where it is. It's that type of game, man. Like 2018, the game of football has changed. Like my rookie year, even as a practice practice squad guy, not being able to play in the the Meadowlands game you know, when the games were there, that atmosphere in the Meadowlands was just unreal. So to be able to to sit there at the Seahawks game this year, and you hear Seahawks fans yelling, let's go Seahawks. You hear that just drown out any Giants fan. It's all about the fans this year, man. And they're, and, and that's what they're going after. That's why they sent me to Germany to do a fan cave. That's why I'm doing going to London. Uh, I mean, not London, the U.K., to do another uh, a Giants fan cave. 
And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm getting all these shoot, shoot dates through the Giants because they want to bring the fans back. It's all about the fans and that energy. So I think, uh, you know, you can't quote me, but I think preseason training camp and earlier in the year there's going to be, you know, uh, uh, maybe some of the plays are tailored to downfield deep balls to, to excite the fans. Hopefully we get some long runs to excite the fans. You got to bring them back in, man, because Giants football is all about the energy in MetLife Stadium. You know, it's funny. We were talking about that, too, and we've been talking about the draft and how you handle it, whether you go quarterback, do you trade down, do you go try and go Barkley if he's available. Uh, Brandon, this is just my opinion, and I've been looking at this, and Bill has heard me say this multiple times off air. I'll be honest with you. If you're committing to Eli Manning and you feel that you have something with Davis Webb, I don't think you go after the quarterback class, anybody from this quarterback class, because it's not helping you immediately. If, if let's say Eli has a, a stellar season this year, so you, he'll have one more year on his deal, and then what do you do with Davis Webb, who you're putting all this time into? I, I personally feel that you have too many needs right now that you should definitely consider the idea of trading down the pick to get more picks to help more needs. What, is it, what do you feel on that? Uh, I mean, I, I agree. I, I halfway agree with you. Um, I wouldn't trade down the pick at number two. I'd take Saquon if he's there, honestly. You know, um, I think you can get the offensive guard from, from Notre Dame. His name escapes my mind every time. I think you may be able to trade back. Let's say Saquon goes number one to Cleveland. You may be able to trade back to around 10, 11, 12 and get that offensive guard and see what else you can get. But honestly, and, and this is not because I used to sit next to Eli Manning during meetings my rookie year. This is not because uh, Eli is, has just been, a, a you know, a really great person to me. If you protect him, he can play. Remember, like, there's, there's, he's still one of the old model type quarterbacks. He's still what people call a statue quarterback. He can't move like a, like a Michael Vick or even a, a Carson Wentz. He doesn't move like that. That's not his game. He's a smart quarterback. He knows where his read, he knows where he wants to go with the ball before the pre-snap, before, you know, pre-snap. So if things break down because of offensive line, you know, because offensive line guy doesn't, doesn't block the way he needs to, he's, that's, that's not the Eli you want. But if you can protect him, I, can get, I, I know that he, he'll be able to deliver balls get balls to guys, you know, move the ball around, spread the ball around. So if Saquon's not there, I I mean, I don't I don't necessarily I don't think they have to draft a Josh Rosen or whatever because regardless of what happens this season, even if we win the Super Bowl, you can still trade your picks next year to get a higher pick. If you think like let's say you let's say Eli leads us to second round in the playoffs this year and they don't think and they're like, Oh well, you know, I don't, I don't think that he can get us to the NFC Championship or get us to the Super Bowl, and he has one year left on the dip. You can trade some picks. You just made it to the playoffs. You just made it to the NFC Championship or whatever. You can trade up to get the quarterback you want next year. Like, who's to say, like, these guys here are automatically the greatest things on – or the greatest quarterbacks on earth before we can see them play and all, you know? And, and it's, it's just one of those things where I feel as though – 
You got a smart quarterback like that. You got young Davis Webb who was drafted in the third round, but everyone thought that he was one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. No one, no one wanted him to play last year. No one expected him to play last year. It's just when you're three and thirteen, you know, that's when the the, the boo birds and the grumblings start happening for you want someone else to come and, and and take over the regime. But I feel as though Eli Manning deserves one one year with a solid offensive line, and then you and then you say, all right, we need to go on next year. This is this is the guy or this isn't the guy. You know what I mean? I totally agree. agree with you on this hitting point because um, the I mean if you watch the Philly game he looked he looked amazing he looked like Eli from 2011 and I I 100% agree with you and uh, the MVP last year is also a statue quarterback so I think with the right personnel in place I think I think Nick Foles and a lot of the quarterbacks in the playoffs last year are um, are good examples of being able to win with you know, not necessarily the typical elite quarterback. And I, I 100% agree with that notion that you had on Eli. Um, now, I know you were saying, like, you don't think they should trade the trade back um, necessarily if Barkley's there. Um, I guess what about trading back? And you mentioned Tony Michelle earlier. What about what about trading back and, you know, maybe going after the uh, you, the, the guy you were thinking of was Clinton Nelson? But, but why not yeah. – but I guess, in your opinion, um, why not do that? Why not trade back with, like, say, Buffalo and get the 12th and 23rd pick for the second pick and go after a Sony Michelle and a Quentin Nelson? I, I would think that would help you win pretty much immediately. I, I oh, agree. Not, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I agree with that, man. Like, I mean, Saquon Barkley, my best friend, my best friend's name is E.J. Barthel. He was uh, assistant recruiting coordinator at Penn State this past year. And the the recruiting coordinator was Sean Spencer. He was our D line coach at UMass. You know, he's he, with Mark Whipple, Mark Whipple, and with uh, with with Don Brown when when he was there. They all I've heard is great things about Saquon, but it's like if he's not there, then trade back, go get the guard, and get uh, Michael. Or the, there there's some there's some juicy running backs in this in in this draft this year. And as you saw last year, you didn't have to draft the number one running back. Kareem Hunt was in the third round. And you never know how that's going to pan out. You never know if a third rounder is is going to be as great as Kareem Hunt. But if you look at some of the Giants running backs in the past, I mean, you know, Ahmad Bradshaw was a seventh-round pick. You You just never know. You can't leave everything up to Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. And, and NFL Network and be like, oh, yeah, you got to get that guy because he said that, he said that. It's These scouts have been doing their due diligence, and they've been looking at these guys, and they know the system, and they know what type of back fits and what type of system that the offense is trying to implement. So it's like, you know, the whole draft is a gamble. You never know. Like Jamarcus Russell, when they picked Jamar- when the Raiders picked Jamarcus Russell, they thought he was going to be the best thing since sliced bread. It's a bust. You just you, you never know. But I agree with you that if Saquon's not there, draft back, get ne- I mean trade back, get Nelson, and try and get a Geist or try and get uh uh Michael, who I love so much in this draft. Brandon, big question yeah. for me here. Uh, I, I basically have to ask this because it's it's a very fair question. Losing JPP, uh losing DRC now Landon Collins uh, has to go in for a second surgery now for on his broken arm. Um, 
the money that was spent two years ago on the defense, you know, where do you go from here with all these different situations now? Now Eli Apple becomes more valuable than ever because Landon may not be ready for the beginning of the season. Eli Apple has under understands it, and he Eli Apple understands this is the biggest year of his football career. This year can make or break his football career, especially after coming off last last season. Um, I was in, you know, I live in LA in the off seasons, and um, I was at a match at Damon Dash was having this screening for for one of his new movies, and. Um, and I was at this mansion party, and I saw, you know, I saw Eli there, and we sat down, and we talked for, we talked for a while, you know. He's, he's one of the guys that if I ever need an interview, I go grab him, you know, in the locker room, and and he'll do the interview. He'll joke on how tight my pants are, but he'll do the interview. And he's one of those guys where, you know, uh, he's one of my go-to guys. So we sat, we talked for a while. Three and thirteen messes up a lot of people's heads, man. Like, your mother going through surgery, like, you know, a surgery where she can die and stuff, that goes through a lot of people's heads. And he he didn't have the season that everybody wanted him to have, especially after coming off the preseason he had. Remember, during training camp, he looked really good during training camp. And we talked back in, whenever NBA All-Star Weekend was, I think it was, you know, February sometime, his mindset then, so early in the off season, he seemed refreshed. He seemed hungry. He seemed like you know he put all that stuff behind him. We're, we're... hello. Yeah, we're here. Hello, no, we're here. Oh, yeah, we're here. I'm sorry. I thought we cut off. He he seemed like he he wanted to come in and be a guy this year. Now you know, like my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, I'm like Missouri, the show me state. You know, this is the type of business we're in where you got to show more than you tell. But when we sat down, we sat down on that pool table for like 45 minutes to almost an hour, and I was so impressed with everything he was saying at that time of where his mindset is and his mentality is. I would like to think that he's going to have a really great year just off of his mindset, and you never know. But bringing in Will Gay, that veteran that veteran uh, corner to help those guys yeah. out and you know, help the young guys, I think that was a big move, um, you know, because we lost Cockrell, who I thought was 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 a perfect fit in this defense. Um, but I, I think you know you, we're going to have to lean on Eli in his third year to be a, a, a veteran, to, to to be a big boy in this defense, and for him and Landon to work together to make plays together to get this defense back to where it was two years ago. It's, it's yeah, a big, that was it's a really underrated. big situation. Huge situation, yeah, like, like you. I mean, come on, look at it, man. You, you. We all saw what three and thirteen did. We, 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 we saw what it did to the locker room. We saw what it did to the fan base. We saw what it did to the organization. It got guys fired. It got guys out of here. Now rewind the year before. You know when we we're you know eleven and five, eleven and six. No one could do no wrong, you know. Everybody was everybody so happy-go-lucky and chipper, and the fans were great. Everybody's great, but then as soon as you have a down year, you saw, you you just saw how everyone felt the the year before. But we were winning, like they say, winning masked everything. So this is one of those years where we know how every not 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 just like we as like the Giants TV staff, but. The players, 
the coaches, the the the, the, the GMs, the the, the the president, the beat writers, the fans. Everyone knows where everyone stands with this organization now. So that's one of those things where, regardless, if you're a practice squad guy down to a casual fan, you better get your you better get your A on board, you know, because it's one of those years where everyone's got to be on board this year. So I'm I'm excited, man. Like I can't wait to see you know OTAs and see guys flying around playing some competitive football because there's a lot of jobs to be won this year. Yeah, I know. I agree with you on that. There's definitely a lot of jobs that has that, that there to be one. Uh, Brandon, listen, we got we got we're against the clock, so we got to hop off. But listen, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, you. I'll see you on Thursday next next week at uh, at yeah. Rampo College. And uh, but you know, yeah, we'll, you and Looking I are definitely. Talk, yeah, we'll definitely. We'll talk. We'll obviously talk before then. Uh, but. Uh, Bill, I got to tell you, every single time Brandon and I talk, we come up with some crazy ideas for some different uh, projects. And it's about time that I think we get a couple of those uh, rocking and rolling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I'm not going back to L.A. anytime soon. Uh, I'm here for a while, yeah, at least till January, February after the season. So, you know, we, 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 we throw a lot of wet noodles against the wall, and uh, we'll, we'll get one to stick pretty soon, man, with our ideas. But once we do – Giants fans, football fans, sports fans, you guys are going to love it. New York fans, can't wait. Make sure you guys follow me on Brand, at Brandon London TV on your social media. And if you want to get whooped in FIFA or Madden, it's at Cultured Athlete. Only play Xbox. My fingers are too big for PlayStation 4 controllers. All right. <laughs> I love it. Brandon London, thanks, buddy. We'll see you soon. All right. See you, buddy. All right, you got it. Hey, so, so Bill, you know we've, uh, so we've, we, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of Giants tonight. Uh, all of our guests on the Level One Games Hotline, Level One Games, located in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, Route Twenty Three South. Go over there now. Take your game to the next level and relive your past. They have such, they are the best all-purpose game store in the area between. Uh, board games, card games, and all video game systems, retro games, Nintendo, Sega, N64, PlayStation, they have it all at Level 1 Games. Okay, so uh, lot, a lot to digest there. We, we had a lot of football, a lot of Giants football. Uh, Emery Hunt's not making it on tonight. Uh, we ran over with Brandon a little bit, but that's okay. And, um, you know, there's a lot to take in there. Brandon feels one way. I think Jordan feels another. I feel that Jordan was very, like, Jordan's old school. And the way with the way how things right. are, are dealt with, and the simple fact of the matter is, this is a three and thirteen team that has a lot that has a lot to prove, and I don't know if they're going to be able to prove that in one yeah. year. So that makes like the offense, offensive line moves that Jordan was saying. You're making bringing a lot of guys that are over thirty years old, right? So, so I think they're 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 all in on Eli Manning. So that's what makes me feel that. Picking a quarterback at number is is not what they're going to be doing if they're going all in and bringing guys who are at the age of thirty. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't it feel like that all of a sudden they are talking about bringing in drafting a quarterback when all you heard for the first you know few weeks after the combine was how much they love how much they love Saquon Barkley and how much they like Nick Chubb and how much you know, this other non-quarterback, now all of a sudden they're like, you know what, we actually really love 
uh, you know, we actually really love Sam Darnold, and we're going to take him if he's there. That just sounds like they're baiting the Cardinals or the Bills right now. I mean, that's how I'm reading it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you think they're doing it? They're baiting them, or do you think that they really do like Darnold? I think they're baiting them. I'm not going to lie to you. I think I think they're at a point right now where they want to. They rather bait these other teams to see how much they can get for that number two pick because. They really need to add depth to that offensive line. One of the reasons why that team was a championship team twice in four years was because your offensive defensive line had depth to it. In that second Super Bowl, you saw the depth that they had. After guys like Strahan walked away after the first one, that defense didn't miss too much of a beat. Now, the following couple of years after that initial Super Bowl, it was a bunch of different things, you know, a lot of people wanted to slam Coughlin for those uh, years in between those two Super Bowls. I think it was a mix of a bunch of different things. But during that second Super Bowl run, you know, obviously the defense stepped up. Eli was amazing. Um, I just think that right now they're at a point where all signs are pointing them to putting it all – it's all in on Eli and let Davis be the backup and then assign somebody else to be the third string. That's what I feel like they're doing right now. I don't think if that's the area they're going, then they're not taking a quarterback. I I strongly agree. I think, especially after watching the playoffs last year, I think they saw the likes of Case Keenum, Nick Foles, uh, Blake Bortles as three of the last four quarterbacks. And they're like, you know what? We can still win with Eli. We don't necessarily need Eli to throw for 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns to win a Super Bowl. They need to get the team around him correct, and they – can trust that Eli is not going to make a lot of mistakes. I mean, this past season he had his probably his worst season, um, but, God, there's so many external factors. Eli was the 15th or 16th thing wrong with that team, you know, last year. It was just avalanche of a lot of different things. And I obviously don't think Eli is the same player as he used to be. I mean, I, and I love the guy. I wanted to name my – you know, if I had a son, I was going to name him Eli. But, um, you know, it, it's <laughs> – That's dedication he, he right there. <laughs> Yeah, he was not the issue last year, and I think that he's still a guy you can win with. Um, I think if the Giants are looking big picture, and we'll really know if they're they're fully embracing the quote-unquote rebuild, we'll find out if it's a rebuild or a retool or a uh, reload. Um, you know, the next uh, over the next two weeks, but uh, you know, it, it, it's man, it's really hard. The Giants are sort of between a rock and a hard place because they're not bottoming out, but they're. You know, they don't feel like they're going to, I wouldn't say, quote, unquote, trust the process. They're not in a full-on rebuild like the Bills. But they, you know, but they're also not as good as the Eagles or the Cowboys right now. So, you know, and maybe not even as good as the, as, as Washington. So it, it's so hard. It's so hard to tell what they're doing. All I know is that I trust the fact that they brought Gettleman back. And Carolina, since Gettleman's been there, has been, one of the most consistent teams in the NFC. So, you know, it's the man knows how to build a team and I'm going to, I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust what he's doing as a, you know, as a uh, Giants meatball, Giants fan meatball guy, you know, that that's just trying to, just trying to be optimistic, I guess. No, it's fair. Uh, you know, Bill, so first one, first one of our real football shows in the books here. Again, uh, sponsored by Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. Appreciate them always uh, showing us the support that we uh, that they always do. Um, yep. i got to ask you, Bill, last, last question here. Uh, 
Next week we'll be on. It'll be right before the draft. Your gut feeling right now, let's see if it changes. We'll ask the same question at the end of next week. Your gut feeling, quarterback, running back, or trade? Trade. I think Brandon Bean, uh, who is now running the Bills, uh, worked under Dave Gettleman for five years in Carolina. I think they are having secret text conversations about moving into the two spot, and I think the Bills are waiting to pull the trigger uh, until the draft. If their quarterback goes first, they might not want to give up everything, but I think they have a guy in mind. My suspicion is that it's Allen, but I think they have a guy in mind, and if that guy goes first, they're not going to make the deal, and the Giants going to trade with somebody else. But I think as of right now, I think Buffalo, just given the Bean-Gettleman relationship, is is in the hopper. And that's just stuff I've been hearing around here. So um, what about you? What do you think? I'm leaning towards if Barkley is available, they're going to go Barkley. Because I think uh-huh. they're setting it up. But then again, actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go trade. There's this one thing that we didn't get to talk about with either guest. You know, and we we're talking about the running back situation. We're not talking about Wayne Gallman and Paul Perkins, the two running backs they, that they could be with Jonathan Stewart. They're not bringing Orleans Darkwood back. They're not bringing Shane Vereen back. So you have no. these two young backs who, if, they, if this offensive line is going to be as good as they're talking about, then you don't really need to go after the backs because you have guys like Perkins and Gallman. Perkins and Gullman combined aren't even half of what Saquon Barkley can be. And I think if I think if the last handful of running back uh, classes are any indication on what this one could be, I and Barkley being the best of, of this class, I, I mean, I think he's something special. And I think maybe the Giants see that. I know a lot of teams see that, but um, I don't know. I think you, you watch Elliott two years ago as a rookie. You watch... Just, I mean, he brought up Kareem Hunt. Brandon, Brandon brought up Kareem Hunt. But I mean, we're forgetting the best player in the draft last year was was Elvin Kamara, and I, I, I think I think he was considerably the best player in the draft last year. Um, you know, at the end of the season. So, and that was a third round guy. So I, I don't know. Maybe the Giants think that they can get uh, who Brandon was talking about. He liked was was uh, you know uh, Sony Michelle in the at the uh, end of the at the end of the first round. I have no idea, but I. I would not surprise me to see them go running back either. But I think if Barkley's the best, then and Barkley's there at number two, I, I don't think I would be mad as a fan if they drafted him. No, I wouldn't be either. Uh, okay, before we get out of here, I know you and I were just talking as soon as we came on. I'm looking and giving a quick, quick – I don't know why we're doing an NBA update, but we're going to do it. At the end of the third quarter, Philly is up on Milwaukee 80-44. to 44. That's not the end of the third quarter, buddy. That's halftime. No, that's end of the third quarter. Uh, I'm looking at it through through ESPN. It's 80, 80 to 44. The Knicks are up on Cleveland. I'm telling you right now, double, do me a favor. Double check that. I promise you it's the end of the half. I just walked downstairs. My downstairs TV is off. But I'm 100%. I just saw that. It's the most points they scored in a half all year. I'm sorry. You're right. Well, I just, no, I just updated. You're right. I'm sorry. It is halftime. You're right. I was wrong. Eighty to forty-four. The, uh, the in the third no, quarter, the Cavs are down sixteen on uh, on the uh, against the Knicks, and the Spurs are getting blown out by twenty by New Orleans. In the play-in and game, okay, last I looked, Timberwolves were up by six, but I'm not sure what that score yeah. is now. Now, yeah, it's up. Um, Timberwolves are still up six, and OKC's up twenty uh, twenty-four on Memphis. 
So OKC is going to move up. San Antonio is going to be pushed down to the seventh seed. Yeah. And no, no, no. Nobody blame Randy for thinking that that score was at the end of the third quarter because 80 points and a half is insane. So and I, <laughs> the Sixers are fierce right now. They are ferocious. And I, if I'm a, if my favorite team is in the East, in the Eastern Conference playoffs, which as a, uh, a card-carrying LeBron uh, lover, I, uh, I'm a Cavs fan until LeBron moves on. Um, I ride down with LeBron, but man, as a LeBron fan, ah, oh, that team, that, that Sixers team scares the crap out of me. LeBron we'll should pack his bag and head west. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bill, thanks very much. We'll, 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 we're, we're done. We'll see you guys later. McDonald's new one two three dollar menu has breakfast, which means you can get the sausage burrito for one dollar, a sausage McGriddles for two dollars, and the sausage McMuffin with egg for three dollars. Or, as Jill likes to call it, the I burnt the toast, set off the smoke detector, and filled the apartment with smoke meal. <coughs> More like the I can't believe you did that again meal. Build whatever breakfast you want with McDonald's new one two three dollar menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you... And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.